we are going to bring to a conclusion our um, sermon series that we've had where we have talked about the truth about us. And uh, there were notes available again this morning, which I hope you've been able to get a hold of and to follow as we go through. This is our third week, and we've talked about the truth about freedom. And last week we spoke about the truth relating to our strength. And this morning I want us to take just a few moments to look at the truth relating to our purpose. Freedom, strength, and purpose. And the Bible says this, this verse in John chapter 8. Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. And then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. The opposite of that, I believe, is true, that when we do not know and we do not believe the truth, then we are not free. We are, as it were, prisoners that we talked about a lot last week. But God wants us to be free. God wants us to know what it is to be free from our sin and free from the prison of all our hurts, our pains, and those things that have maybe caught a hold of our life. And the Bible says that as we hold on, as we hold on to the teachings of Christ, that's how we will know what the truth is. That, was, that is what must be our reference point, the teachings of Christ. That must be what we turn to when we're looking for guidance, when we're looking for wisdom and counsel, is what Jesus Christ has taught us. The Bible says that where the Spirit of God is, there is liberty. Spirit of God is the spirit of truth. And as we submit our lives to his guidance, as we surrender our will to his will, so we will know the truth and we will experience that freedom and that great liberty which Christ has come to set us free. And so this, this morning I want us just to briefly look at the truths concerning purpose, four truths of purpose. You know, God does everything on purpose. God does not do things accidentally. Things do not take God by surprise. They may take us by surprise. We may not have planned something to happen which did happen, but nothing is a surprise to God. And God is a God of purpose. He does things on purpose and he does things for a purpose. And of course, as we consider Christmas, as we look back to that amazing time in that stable, if it was a stable, but certainly a manger where Jesus Christ was born, that incident in history was no accident but it was divinely ordained. I'm not sure whether the angel received a, a cell phone call from God at the time when, when they were cleaning the stable out. But the time and the place had been ordained by God for hundreds of years. And this birth of Jesus Christ was on purpose and for a purpose. In your notes, you'll see there this verse from Galatians 4. It says, when the time had fully come, God sent his son born of a woman. 
You know, we need to understand the timings of God. We need to understand what is God's plan for our lives. And God had a plan for humanity that in this fullness of time, Jesus would be born of a woman. And the verse goes on to tell us why he would be born to redeem those under the law. You see, God did not just cause Jesus to be born in this way so that we can have a lovely Christmas scene at this time of year, so that we have something to put on our Christmas greeting cards, so that we have nativity plays that we can watch and enjoy every, every year. The purpose that Christ came into this world was to redeem us. The law condemns us. The Bible says that all have sinned. And come short of God's glory. And God knew this. And God wanted to redeem us back from the curse, from the punishment of the law. And that was the very purpose that Jesus Christ came to this earth. To redeem you and to redeem me. To pay that price that was upon us. For us to once again have relationship with God. To die and to become sin in our place. That was the purpose of Jesus coming. And Jesus knew what the purpose of his father was. I wonder how many of us know what God's purpose is for our life. How many of us could sit down and write down what God has spoken to us concerning our life here on earth. Jesus knew about it. In your notes, you'll find that there are various scriptures where Jesus spoke so confidently with such conviction of why he was on this earth. And the most amazing quotes that are in your notes is the quote where Jesus was just 12 years old. And his parents had taken him to Jerusalem where they were to celebrate the feast of the Passover. Is there a mistake behind there? It's gone. It wasn't my picture, was it? Oh, James, bless you. (laughs) Now you've had that wonderful treat. So here are Mary and Joseph, and they've taken Jesus to Jerusalem to worship the feast of the Passover. And it's time for them to go home. And the Bible says they lost their son. Can you imagine losing Jesus? (laughs) They lost their son. The Bible says that they were one day's journey home. And they, they, whether they both assumed, I thought he was with you. No, I thought, I thought he was with you. And they suddenly realized they'd lost Jesus. So if they were a day's journey away from Jerusalem, logic tells me it took them a day to get back. That's two days. And then the Bible says they were three days looking for him. Can you imagine what it was like? Five days and you've lost your son. I can remember when one of my children got lost in a store when they were about three. Five seconds was a long time. I was talking with some friends last week whose who's little son went walkabout for a few moments, and it was like an eternity. But Jesus was, was away from his parents for five days, 
And when they found him, guess where he was? He was in the amusement arcade, entertaining himself. No, he wasn't. He was in the toy store, choosing his Christmas present. No, he wasn't. He was in the temple. And he wasn't worried at all. And I can imagine Joseph and Mary with, with, with fear all over their face because they thought they'd lost the very Son of God. How careless can you get? And they burst in and they find him. Jesus, what were you doing? Didn't you know we would be worried about you? And Jesus said, it's okay. Didn't you know that I must be about the business of my father? Right at the age of 12, Jesus knew what his purpose in life was. Parents, parents, can I encourage you to help your children Know what their purpose in life is. Don't say, oh, we're praying for them. And one day God will reveal it to them. Maybe when they're, they've turned uh, 16 or 18. Maybe when they've grown up into adulthood. Help them to find God's purpose whilst they're very young. And I'll tell you why. Why would you want them to waste so many years of their life? Trying to discover what God wants them to do. And I'll tell you this. There are lots of different voices out there that are trying to convince your children what the purpose of their life is. And if you listen to their voices, it's got nothing to do with this. God gave parents children. And as parents, we need to take responsibility to bring our children up in the fear of God, knowing what God's plan is for their life. Twelve years old, Jesus was, and he knew what he was about. And then we think about the Apostle Paul. You know, the one thing I love about the Apostle Paul was this, that he knew the purpose of God on his life. I don't know what your conversion experience was like. But for Paul, it was totally radical. It was the difference between day and night. The difference between death and life. Paul was a very passionate man. Everything he did, he did with a passion and with full determination. And when God arrested him, when God spoke to him and shone down this bright light on the road to Damascus, Paul was so stricken with the power of it that he fell to the ground, realizing what was happening. And, and Paul, Paul said these words. He said, okay, God, I will follow you, but what's in it for me? Did he say that? I'm trying to make sure you're listening. Paul said, Lord, what do you want me to do? I wonder how many, how many of us, when we came to Christ, we tried to make a deal with him. Maybe we said to him, God, okay, I will believe in you, but what is in it for me? Paul said, what do you want me to do. At the point of his conversion, Paul realized 
that he was about to give his life up. He was about to surrender all of his will, all of his plans, all of his desires into the hands of God. And he said, what do you want me to do? God had a plan for him. God had a purpose for him, which he spoke to Paul through a man called Ananias. Can I ask you again, do you know, do you know the purpose of God for your life? Four truths concerning purpose. Here's an important absolute. God does have a purpose for your life. Can I encourage you in your private devotion time that you open up the book of Psalms and you go to Psalms 139. It is one of those, the most amazing Psalms that there is. And in, in that Psalm, I think it's between verses 14 and 16, you'll, you will read these words, Lord, how wonderfully and fearfully we are made. And that my soul knows very well. And then David starts to talk like this. He says, God, at that moment in time when I was conceived, you were there and you wrote down all my days in your book. You see, your conception, maybe it wasn't within the safety and security of a loving married relationship. Maybe you were conceived in somewhat of a different set of circumstances. Whatever those circumstances were, this is the absolute truth. God has a plan for your life. Some people have said to me, oh, John, I was a mistake. My parents did not plan me. You know, regardless of whether your parents planned you or not, no one is a mistake. God wrote in his book all the days of your life. He has a plan for you. He has a purpose for you. I don't know whether you are one of, one of the people who, who believes that your forefathers were gibbons or apes or chimpanzees. But if we believe that we are the process of evolution and that sometime so many billions of years ago our ancestors were globulars of jelly that formed legs and crept out of the stinky pond and over a process of time turned into these wonderful human beings. If you feel and believe that you were, that is your beginning, that is where you come from, then you are going to have a hard time believing that God has a plan for your life. It is imperative that we know that God has created us and he has created us for a purpose and on purpose. You are not here by accident. You are here to fulfill the purpose of God. Amen. Praise God. Okay, truth of purpose number one, to know God, to know God. This is, this is one of the great purposes in, in our life, to know God. Jesus said as he was praying to his father 
And this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. Did you realize that this was a purpose of God? That he wants you to know him. You say, well, I know about him. I believe about him. I believe that he exists. What God wants is far greater than that. He wants you to know him intimately, personally, experientially. He doesn't want you to know about him from a distance. Hi, God. Good to see you again. He wants you to know him in here and his son, Jesus Christ, whom he sent. You know, it's possible that we can attend church service week after week after week. And we can be involved in the, in the program of, of the services. And we can even say amen at the right times in the sermon and not know God. Not know him personally. You know, the purpose, the great purpose that God has for us in our lives is this. That we come to a place where we know him personally. For ourselves. Where we have experienced that intimacy with him. Truth number two. The purpose of God is that we love him. A religious man came to Jesus one day, we read about this in Matthew 22, and said to him, Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and the great commandment. One of the greatest purposes that God has ordained for humanity is to love God with all our heart, with all our mind, with all our soul. I am convinced that by and large the world today has no understanding of what real love is. Most of the time when people talk about love, They're talking about some selfish emotion, some selfish self-fulfillment that may better be called lust. And we need to learn what real love is. The Bible says that we love because God first loved us. And as we open our hearts to the love of God, that's when we know what real love is. It may be that we've experienced something which someone told us was love. But was really their own self-gratification, their own self-fulfillment. It was selfishness. And maybe we have a real difficulty in accepting and acknowledging the love of God as it really is. But this is God's purpose. This is what he wants for us to experience. And he has revealed his love to us, the Bible says, in sending Jesus Christ. Amen? Do we know this as a purpose of God? God has also ordained that a purpose that we have is to serve God. To serve God. In the book of Exodus in chapter 3, Moses has been 
commissioned by God to go back into the land of Egypt where the people of God, the Jews, have been slaves for many, many years. And they have cried out to God for deliverance. And God raises up this man, Moses, and says, I want you to go back and I want you to to deliver my people from slavery. And God says this to Moses, I will certainly be with you. And this shall be a sign to you that I have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God on this mountain. Have you ever wondered why God saved you? Yes, to give us eternal life. But what is the purpose for which we remain on this earth? Why is it that God does not save us and then take us straight to heaven? It's very simple. Because God wants us to serve him here. God said to Moses, I want you to lead my people out of Egypt to this mountain. Not for them to have a party. Not for them to live in a, in a place of luxury. But he said, where they will serve me. Where they will serve me. Are our lives given to the service of God? Or have our lives become busy with something that we want to fulfill for ourselves? Do we daily give our lives to God and say, it's not what I want, God. Life is not all about me and about what I want. It's about what I can do for you. Look at this verse here. Hebrews chapter 9. How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, cleanse your conscience from what? Cleanse your conscience from dead works. Why? To serve the living God. If we're not using our lives to serve God, we will use our lives to serve something or someone else. And I glean from this verse that if we're not serving God, we're serving dead works. You know, we can be very busy. I greeted a few people this morning. I said, how was your week? Oh, busy. Busy. And I understand that, especially for teachers at this time of year, it's a very busy time. But we can be busy in our lives, but we can be busy with dead works. Works that have no eternal value. What are we building in our lives? What have we given our lives to? The Bible says here in Hebrews 9.14 that, that we have been bought with the blood of Christ. We've been redeemed. We've been cleansed. Cleansed from, from this waste of dead works so that we can serve the living God. You know, what an honor that is. What a privilege. That not only should God want to know us, not only should he show us his love and we love him, but that he, he would take these lives 
and use them in his service. The Bible says that when we, one day we'll stand before God. And, and God is, is looking forward to say these words to us. Well done. Good and faithful servant. Good and faithful servant. You know, I have found that the greatest fulfillment in life is not when I'm serving me, but when I'm serving him. The greatest sense of satisfaction comes when our lives are given to do what God wants us to do. And how many of you have found that there are so many things that pull and draw on our time? There are so many goals that we can set in life. So many ambitions that we can have. That if we are not careful, we can get, we can get to a place in our lives where we think, my goodness, how much time have I got left? And we've been busy working, but have we been serving God? Have we been giving our lives daily to what God wants us to do? Have we had that sense of fulfillment, knowing that, that what we have been doing has been building into God's kingdom? This is, the, this is the purpose for which Christ came to save us, to bring us into a place where we're serving God. Our last one for this morning, four truths of purpose. Number four, to be with him. 1 Thessalonians 4 says this, For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. Hallelujah. Jesus is coming again. Of that fact, we can be totally sure. And he will come to take to be with him those who have received him as Savior, those who have served God, those who love God. And the Bible says we shall be with him. We shall be with him. Are you looking forward to that time when Christ returns? Are you looking with expectancy? Can I ask this question? Are you ready? Are you ready for Jesus Christ to return to this earth? How will God find you? What will he find you serving? Many times God had to deal with the children of Israel because they were serving false gods. They were bowing down to idols. How will God find us? How will he find me when Jesus returns? Because he surely is returning. I want to hear those words, well done. Good and faithful servants. I want my life to be given to the purposes of God. I want to have that sense of fulfillment that I have done what God has said. Paul said at the end of his life, I have fought the good fight of faith. What fight are you fighting? The fight of self-recognition? The fight 
of achieving goals and ambitions that you have or the fight of faith in serving God. I want to close with this scripture. It's taken from the book of Acts in chapter 20, verse 24. Paul said, but my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned me by the Lord Jesus. The work of telling others the good news about the wonderful work, sorry, the wonderful grace of God. You see, Paul knew what his purpose in life was. Paul knew that his, his call, the call on his life, was to serve God in the preaching of the gospel. And Paul said, I, I cannot bear to think what my life would be if I could not fulfill what God has called me to do. And you know, when Ananias went to Paul after Paul had been blinded by this great light, Ananias had been sent by God to heal his blindness, the blindness of Paul. But God said to him, I want you to tell Paul what great things he must suffer for my sake. Can you imagine, can you imagine Paul when he heard that? You would, you would think that God wanted to give, to give Paul great promises of what he would do for him. But, but God says, no, I want this man to know what great things he will suffer for my sake. And yet, Paul still committed his whole life and was willing to die for the sake of the gospel. Can I charge you this morning with this challenge? What is the purpose that you're serving? What is the purpose that you're living? Did you know that God created you for a purpose? Have you discovered what that is? Because until we have our lives, our lives cannot be fulfilling. But when we've discovered what God's purpose is for our life, there's nothing that we would swap it for. There's nothing that we would rather do. There's nothing that we find greater than doing the plans and the purposes of God. I pray, I pray with all of my heart that every single person here this morning will know what God has called you to. You say, well, how do I find out? You ask the Holy Spirit. You ask the Holy Spirit to show you. To show you what God's plan is. To show you what he is destined for you. You say, well, I, I, I don't feel... I don't feel like I could do anything great for God. Then you are the best candidate. The Bible says that God uses those things that men look at being foolish, unskilled, untrained. And God fills those vessels with wisdom and his glory to confound those that think themselves wise. Can I implore, can I ask you that you would be willing 
to give the whole of your life to God. To serve him with every part of your being. To love him with your mind, with your soul, with every part of you. That you would not only discover what God's purpose is for you, but you would step into it. And you would obey God. That your life may be busy. Yes, it is busy. But busy with the things that God has given you to do. I believe that God will speak to us this morning. And God will challenge us. And God will bring clarity to us. And God will begin to show us. Maybe even bring, start to bring some some confirmation of those things that God wants us to be doing for him. If we will just say these words, God, not my will, but yours be done.